Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Life Happens with Liv. I'm Liv, your lovely host, and today I'm here with Zando. Howdy, Zando, what's good? And we actually met through Discord before we even started Pratt. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Pratt 2025 Discord. <laughs> but today, I have Zando here. They're a photography major, and they're also a sophomore. And we're going to talk about some very fun stuff. Zando has some very interesting projects I want to yes. talk about. But first, let's start off with, like, how you got into art and how you got into creativity and stuff. Well, when I was four, take it all the way back when I was four my mom bought me a drum set Ooh. yeah it was a like, little it was, it was like, like little it was really bad it was a little like, plastic drum yeah. set it had like little, with the one symbol in the middle then <laughs> for visual art was a thing for me I wanted to be a musician really badly but then I would realize I had to take lessons I was like well I don't want to sit and learn how to play the drums I just want to be good at it so I just kind of abandoned that but around the time when I was a when I was still a boy <laughs> I was but a boy, aged like 11. I found out about this thing called Dragon Ball, uh, and I got really into like anime and stuff like that. And that I got into drawing around there oh, that's as awesome. well. Yeah, I mean that's how so, so many yeah. people, so many people are like, oh yeah, I watched anime, and then it was like, I guess, I guess that's how you get into art is by watching anime. And I, it was that for a while. Then I realized I would have to get good at drawing to like do the things I wanted to do. I wanted to like make a comic book. And um, that was out as like, I'm not good. I'm not that good at this. I have to give up and try something else. And then it was around, that was around like middle school and uh, sixth or seventh grade, got back into music. But it was, it was a really big turning point for me because that was also when I started getting into photography. It was like the seventh grade. And I had come into a sum of money. By that, I mean, I had been saving money for a while. And I was going to buy a big electronic and it was either going to be circa 2016 beginner DSLR or a laptop to make music with. Mm. And I had been I had going back and forth on that for weeks. Ended up getting a computer to make music with. And then for the rest of middle school and, you know, you know up till now, really. But, you know, in, like going into high school, I was like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a producer or whatever. So I was already good at that. I wasn't that good at like reading music or you know cre like creating my own like melodies on a guitar or whatever. But I could sure as hell freaking go. Yeah, I was beatboxing during mic checks. Yeah. Better, better have recorded those and saved them. Put them in the background music. Come on, <laughs> Liv. So yeah, okay. that's so interesting because you have like so many different things you were into. What like made you so like? You had drawing as an inspiration, and mm. you also like kind of like strayed away from music for a second. Like, what made you come back to it? Film photography, YouTube. Ooh. Yeah, it was people like Willem Verbeek and like Joe Greer. Yeah, they. I found myself on it's like best beginner thirty five millimeter camera, mm. and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And at this point, I had come into some money with that. I mean, I just hadn't spent anything in a while. And I was like, oh, I should buy a camera. It's something I'm interested in. And film is, like, cool and hip. And, like, <laughs> maybe people will like me. <laughs> did you, like, share it anywhere? Or, like, did you have, like, an Instagram? Or were you just, like... Oh, uh, yeah. I started sharing it. I started sharing it on my, my main Instagram. Mm -hmm. Just when I would get the scans back after, but... And, like, what time was this? Was this still in high school? This was in high school. Yeah. This was uh, in my sophomore year. I bought mm -hmm. that camera. And uh, when I get into something, I get really into it. So... Within the first year, I had owned, like, three cameras. So I was Whoa. like, this is so... And they're, and they're, at the time, if you're getting into film photography now, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everything's so expensive. Because it's become so popular. It's become so popular. Yeah. 
you know, I, you know, got really into, like, the science and, like, the, here's what makes a good photo. Mm-hmm. And so I did post some on my, my Instagram. Most of them I didn't share because they were bad photos because I hadn't learned yet. Mm-hmm. But that was around the time I started, like, getting into what I'm doing now was mm-hmm. the sophomore year. Did you have access to a dark room at your school? No, I had not a full digital. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the computer lab where I ended up taking, like, photo classes, mm-hmm. that one used to be a dark room because the door closes all the way. There are no mm-hmm. windows. But, you know, it's, like, expensive, and yeah. no one really cares about the photography program at my high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people do. Shout out Laura Tolliver. She retired, but she was she was my teacher. She was so cool. People were more interested in, like, the drawing and painting aspect, or they went full, like, performing arts. Mm-hmm. Was, so, yeah, did you have, like, kind of a strong art program in terms of other things at your school? Or, yeah. Yeah? There are a lot. Oh, you know, private D.C. education, okay. yeah. you know, there there's going to be funding for everything. So there there's a little bit of everything at my school. I would say the performing arts were the strongest. Well, the, the, yeah. yeah. Most people came to, like, the dance shows mm-hmm. and the theater and... Mm-hmm. You know, I was a jazz musician. I never really gave up on music. I was a jazz musician, so people came to those as well. There were, like, the end-of-the-year shows that, like, the like painters and photography students did. And it was like... That was the best thing ever. We had those at my school. They so were so like, fun. That was uh, such, like, a formulative experience, like, a formative experience of, like, doing that when you're young and learning how to, like, yeah. do a gallery show. Yeah. And then, like, present it to everybody. Uh, right. I miss that so much. So do, well, I mean, your major is uh, graphic, graphic design. design. So, yeah, I guess you don't really get that. Not really. I mean, I mean, we have, like, some sophomore review this year where, like, other professors come in and look at our por- portfolios, but there's no, like, exhibition. I'm, like, still so drawn to the fine arts in terms of, like, exhibitions and yeah. galleries and stuff like that. But I think I it's a very... access to that yet. It's a very fun part. Yeah. And I wish... I wish there was more like inter intermediate interaction. Yeah. Like at school because in like actual galleries we live we live in New York. Actual galleries there's like people just like in a place <laughs> it's like people are drinking wine. It's like, oh, this is so artsy. It's like you know, there's definitely space for graphic design in the fine yeah. art space, you know. Uh, we all we all know who Barbara Kruger is. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I wish like there were more like you said, intermingling of, like, different mediums and different majors that we could do shows, like, a collective Yeah. Because I don't see your work. I don't see, like, my painting majors' work. Like, it's all very individual and, like, very major-specific. Yeah, I feel like in in fine arts, especially as an underclassman, like, a part of your curriculum, like, at least for me, like, every spring semester, every class I've had, it's like, oh, we're going to take 20 minutes out of class time and we're going to go look at the senior thesis shows mm-hmm. in the gallery and the ARC, which is where photo classes mm-hmm. are held. We're going to go look at those photos. We're going to talk about them, just kind of see what you're ramping up to. Yeah. You know, I did that, like, the other day. I did that yesterday for mm-hmm. class. I feel like that's important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I th- like to also to, like, gain perspective of, like, where you're going, kind of yeah. like you said, because sometimes it can be very, like, you can, like, since we're so early into this, it can be mm. kind of hard to, like, understand, like, kind of where we're going. Yeah. Sometimes. It's very daunting. Speaking of which, I want to know, like, how you came to Pratt and why you came to Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, originally, 
I was not going to go to Pratt. Ooh. I was very dead set on Parsons. Ooh. Well, for no. I was dead set on NYU. We were all dead set on NYU. Okay. Were you not? I never applied to You never NYU. applied to NYU? <laughs> no. Oh, I mean. I <laughs> <laughs> thought it was a universal experience. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I didn't pay for any of the, like, application fees. My mm. school took care of that for oh, me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I didn't, it, it was, like, I got, yeah, I got rejected, yeah. and I'm like, well, you know. Didn't cost me anything. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like, apply to 10 schools. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I really wanted to go to art school. Mm-hmm. But my, my mom and my parents were like, oh, you gotta be, like, gotta get into, like, science or something. So I applied to a fair amount of schools, but the ones that were in the front runners were, like, NYU, Parsons, Pratt. Pratt really grew on me because it wasn't, it wasn't and it still isn't very like hip and modern like some other schools yeah. are. Yeah, Pratt's very traditionalist in the way that, that they teach things and the way that things are structured. It's very like, here's how it's been done so you can change it in the future. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a cool way to do things. But the reason I went to Pratt is because of all of the like vlogs, all of the vlogs <laughs> I watched so I many vlogs. Talking to somebody about this yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Shout out Alien Arleth. <laughs> shout out Isadora O. Oh my god. Uh, shout out Lyda. You're in my class. <laughs> awesome. She was. She was in my class. I didn't know. I didn't That's know that. That's crazy. Did and you watch she, Cup of Jasmine? I did watch yeah. Cup of Jasmine. Uh, that's so funny. And now it's kind of cool because, like, if you want to, you can do it yourself now. Like, you can, I can be, do it myself. like, one of those people that, like, other kids watch and then, like, decide to come to Yeah, Pratt. but, like, like, I don't... <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of doing that. You're doing but. that. <laughs> I'm, I, sh- I show the side of Pratt that so far no vlogs have shown, like, <laughs> <laughs> like the, like, the... St- the stoners and the yeah. and the people who are just kind of freaks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm interested to hear like because obviously I'm in the design school. How, yeah. Like and your photography, fine arts, that's fine arts. Is yeah. In the, okay. What is what is that like? Like how I don't know. I don't know anything about yeah. like, the, the fine arts photography world at this school. So we're pretty small. Mm. There are if I had to like guess, there were like thirty of us or something like that. Thirty in the photography major. I think like, so. In your year. I'm, I'm guessing. It's something small because mm. I, like, know everyone. Not mm-hmm. everyone, but I know a fair amount of people. Yeah. I know most of the groups that, like, you know, kind of hang out each other with each other that are photography majors. So, and, and like, our building is so small. It's yeah. like they can't yeah. fit that many it's people like, in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, very tight-knit. Everyone either knows everyone or is very open to meeting other photographers. And it's very, very chill. Like, there's uh, not that much pretension. Which That's good. I'm yeah. very lucky because, like, you know, I feel like you go into other places in fine art and it's like, oh, it, uh, oh I, I, I'm channeling Van Gogh or whatever. <laughs> and every, every photography major, I mean, it's like, yeah, I was at a party and, like, some guy was throwing up and I was like. <laughs> 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 and they get an A for, like, their black and white photography class. I'm like, hell yeah. And the, te- the, the, the curriculum is very very cool. There are some people who are, there's some teachers who are not as like, you know, nice. And there's some teachers who like make you do a lot, but most of them are generally pretty chill. Like I feel like photographers in general are like a chill, eccentric group of people yeah. who just kind of like, they kind of hang out because where a painter or designer or a, a drawer has to like, oh, I have to, I have to think of what a dog is like. <laughs> And then draw it, <laughs> and then make it look like a dog. I'm so bad at that. Yeah, 
<laughs> like, so that's why I stopped drawing. Like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Everything's there for you. So the way you make art is different. Yeah. So the way the artist is, is different. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, they're, I, I may be a little biased, but they're like my favorite kind of artist to hang out with. What type of artists? Like photographers. Photographers? Yeah. Why? Well, because they're so chill and like they aren't, <laughs> they're so, they're much more worried about the real, like Ooh. what's happening in real life, because that's Ooh. how they make their art as opposed to the like idea of something, which is how a fair amount of other people make their art, a fair amount of other artists make their art. So what are you, like, what's your goal with photography? Or like, what is, like, what are you exploring with photography? Oh, now I'm going to sound pretentious when I talk about it, but like human, human connection. That's something I'm really interested in. It's something I've always been interested in. You know, I'm going to get real, real, like, fine artsy about this. Uh, when I first started getting photography, there was, like, really one guy who I was studying. So it was Henri Cartier-Bresson. He's a French photographer, like, yeah, World War II era, around that time. And he is kind of, like, one of the grandfathers of what we now call street photography. I don't know what that is. It's, like, the people who on TikTok are like, Hey, uh, I saw you walking down the street, and you're so, like, eclectic. Can I take your picture? Watching <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it's kind of that, you know. And what Bresson, he did some writing about photography and... He came with this idea that I still use to this day, even when I'm not shooting on the street. It's the idea of like the decisive moment. So it's like you have your camera with you, and you're watching the world happen. And there's going to be a moment that's like, oh yeah, this is the, like this is humanity. This mm -hmm. is society. This is interaction. This is like the human condition. And then that's when you take the photo. And if you did it a second before or a second after, it's 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 bullshit. It's like that's, that's you just took a picture. Wow. So. And you look at Bresson's work, and it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, oh, this is, like, a person being a person at their truest, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I, <laughs> what I like about the work is that a lot of the older photographers, you can't, you can't do it anymore. Like, up to, up to, like, about 2001, you can't really, you know, have a camera in public and not make someone uncomfortable. Like, uh, now you think yeah. you make people uncomfortable with the camera? Oh, yeah. Post 9-11, everyone's oh. worried about surveillance, surveillance, and things like that. Interesting. I think it would be the because everyone has phones and is like constantly capturing things. Yeah, but there's a difference between someone being yeah. like, oh, like harmless, you know, phone to like and then there's someone with like, like, like yeah. some like, <laughs> like ancient camera, <laughs> like going up in your face, going, you know, yeah. getting ray up in there with a flash, maybe, yeah. you know, that's, that's you don't see that anymore. Mm -mm. But shout out Bruce Gilden, if you, he's a photographer who did that. You know, I just want to kind of capture that. And in my, in my practice, I've been doing a lot more portraiture because it's way easier to tell a story when you get to control how that story is told. Yeah. But there's, there's a whole other level of like difficulty in that. But just like humans and how we, how we are, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I want to tell. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you want to start talking about the project you're working on now? Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Doesn't have a name yet, but it essentially I'm gonna get real. For I'm gonna get real. <laughs> can I be real? Yeah, you're welcome to be real. That's the entire point of it's this. It's time to be real. You have oh, two no. minutes. I have two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes to tell me the entire project. Sorry, it's all no. the time we got. <laughs> get out. Um, so I've been taking a lot of stock in like how I experience emotion. Because I'm, I'm in a new relationship. Yeah. With that, I now have to take into account how my actions and my reactions affect other people. 
like in a totally different way than I have been before. You know, I can't make decisions based on myself anymore. And there are certain facets of emotion that I'm not well versed in or, you know, not well versed in anymore. And harsh, like, like I'll say a big part of that is kind of how I was raised and socialized as, uh, as a boy, as a man, masculinity is toxic for everyone involved. It's not, it's not good mm-hmm. the way that, you know, they're like, oh, you, you, don't cry, pussy, yeah. shit like that. So this project in particular is just kind of about making, you know, masculine people, making them vulnerable and then sharing that vulnerability. You know, it, you know, it's, it's like the, it's like the, like the jokes where it's like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> like men don't care about anything. The men are like, oh, we care about a lot of things. We just, just can't, not how we just can't, we just don't know how to express it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I try really hard to make my feelings known with people. You know, I'm not the best at it. I know people who are worse and people who are better at it than me. But it shouldn't be so difficult if there is an entire half of the population that can, like, that can do that, that yeah. is taught to do that. Mm-hmm. So... This project is a lot of me with my friends and hopefully strangers being like, hey, your your mask, how does how what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And you know, I've talked to I talked to a lot of my sis my sis friends and they're I say do a masculine pose and one of them one of them started flexing and I'm like, that's really <laughs> interesting that, you know, like like, like it's in, it's also like it's interesting that he flexed, but also not surprising. It's like, oh, masculinity strength. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about it more, and he's like, he's like, well, the thing about masculine poses is that there's no emotion in them. There, there, you know, there's no fluidity. You're very rigid. You're very stoic, and that stoicism doesn't make for good art. Being very, sto- I mean, unless you know you're the Beckers and you're taking pictures of like, <laughs> like freaking like like water towers. But you know, if you're taking pictures of people, a stiff person is going to look. They're going to look uncomfortable. Yeah. And my friend, he's also a photographer. Shout out, shout out, Dom. <laughs> he's a photographer too, so he's like, I don't pose people in masculine poses because it's unnatural and it doesn't it doesn't flow. There's no thing, but feminine poses, feminine posing, way more fluid, way more emotion that you're able to get out of it. And I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. So you know, I'm taking that into account how I'm posing people, but I'm also like, just like, hey, do what makes you feel. Do what makes you feel like a man. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, kind of working from there. This is my first time really shooting people, experimenting with like any level of nudity in art. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also something I kind of want to kind of want to talk about. It's just, just not even talk about, just kind of like experiment with. Yeah. I think you're at your most vulnerable when it's like when everyone can see your nipples, you know? <laughs> True. I mean, yeah. You're never, you're never in a position of power. You know, don't, don't look at Greek art or any, anyone else like they're vulnerable. Do you think when a man's shirtless, though, that, like, that's vulnerable for them? Because it's, like, such a privilege. It's a privilege, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... Hmm, it's a really interesting. Thanks for making me think about that. That's something I, what I didn't think about before. I just kind of... I just kind of thought about it as, mm-hmm. like, kind of you're in your most natural self. Yeah. And the whole the whole shirtless thing, I'm like, fuck society on that. I mean, it's... In terms of, like, how... In terms of, like, how only yeah. people who are masculine can really you know, not have their shirt on in public. Yeah. I think that's that's fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, you know, a little self-deprecating. I have boobs, too. <laughs> I can walk around at the beach with no fucking bra on. You know, I, I can't my counterparts who have... Booze, but also like no no dingus, right? Why can't they do it? It's like 
So like, hell, mine are bigger than some of my friends. It's like, what the hell is yeah. up with that? I, I just think shedding any sort of like mask or any sort of like cover or shield is kind of what I was going for. What I, what I go for when I'm like, hey, are you comfortable taking your shirt off to do this photo? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you said taking off a shield. Is like the clothing the shield or is like the masculinity the shield? Or like your... Well, both. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole masculinity, the, the, the social construct that it is, uh, you know, it takes form in how you present yourself. So, but also in how you, you know, perceive yourself as well. So, you know, you take away the like outward projection that you're that you're putting on so if it's like your metallica shirt and your like ripped jean jacket and your black pants you know if you're stripped down to where you're just there where like it's your body and it's very objective in who you are and all you have left to present your masculinity is your brain and your own perception of yourself that's kind of what i want to capture that's yeah that's really interesting because yeah. i'm trying to think like i'm like as you're saying this i'm like thinking about like what i define as masculinity and like a lot of it is clothing yeah like so much of it is stuff i wear sense just like things that like i associate with masculinity and now i've been like kind of like dissecting like is that actually what makes somebody masculine and is mm -hmm. that actually what makes me masculine because like being somebody that's, like, against gender norms and, like, obviously I was raised as a woman. Mm. So, like, being perceived as a, like, feminine person, sometimes, like, I, at least I feel like I have to compensate for that, like, mm -hmm. in my gender identity with, like, doing more masculine perceived stuff. So I feel more comfortable. Yeah. But then it's, like, why do I feel the need to do that? Yeah. It, like, <laughs> like, that's so real. I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar spot where I'm, I'm non-binary. I don't... Mm -hmm. You know, really, you know, subscribe to the ideas of like traditional masculinity. Yeah. But I have a beard. Mm -hmm. You know, I wear pants. You know, I'm afraid to wear a skirt just because you know my thighs are weird. You know, it's like it's like what? How do you like like how? What is it? What does it mean when when these concepts that are so ingrained into our mm -hmm. upbringing? Our constructs, they don't, they don't really exist. You know. <laughs> they don't. It freaks you know? me out all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have these questions. Like, what, what makes, what made me a man, and what makes me not a man now? And like, it's my perception of myself. Mm -hmm. But everything else can stay the same. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's all about how I perceive myself, and everything else can stay the same. But then it's like, well, that makes, that makes me secure in my identity for myself and my perception of myself. I go out, I go to class, and people are like, oh, what's up, like, homie? Oh, this boy. That's my boy right there. And I'm like, well, oh, okay. That's, I, I call everyone, that's my boy. But, you know. But when a cis person does it, yeah. it's different. It's like when, <laughs> it's a, when a cis like... person, like when a cis person calls me he. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, yeah. You know, I prefer to be called they. Mm -hmm. He's fine, because I'm, I, I look at myself, and I'm like, I understand. I get it. If I don't tell you, yeah. you're not gonna know. So it's like, you know, I you know, I hear that and it's like, oh, he, 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 and it's like, well, what about me makes makes it that, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I when I when I when I talk to people and I if it's someone I just met, if it's someone I've known for a while, it's like it's I default to they, you know. Like when you're referring when you're referring to, to someone, it's yeah. like yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, oh I met this person there, you mm -hmm. know. As opposed to being like, Oh, I met this chick, oh I met this guy. Yeah. And I, like, it's so easy. <laughs> like, that's how I do it, too. Yeah. It's, like, so easy to do that. 
And like, I just, some people can't grasp that. It's, and, and that's the, that's the weird part because, you know, there will be some guys who will like be in a frat and they're like, my name's Aunt David, it's Cheddar. <laughs> and it's like, well, you can't, you can't call me Alexander. <laughs> you can't call me by the name I want to be called, but I got to yeah. call you fucking Cheddar. Yeah. You freak. <laughs> yeah. Something you said was real, that like, I think is really interesting, like, and that I relate to too is like kind of like how you see yourself and like you can feel so secure in the way you perceive yourself and then walk out into the world and then it's like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, what is it? Like, what did I do? What is it that makes you perceive me that way? Because I fully don't see it. Like, I'm put, like, for me, like, I put on things that, like, just make me feel like me, or some days I feel the need to do stuff that's more masculine, some days I feel the need to do stuff that's more feminine, but I always feel like me. Yeah. And it's just, like, and me is non-binary. Yeah. It's just, like, so what is it that, like, what, like... I oh. wish I had an answer, Liv. <laughs> I wish I had an answer. I, uh, have this friend, uh, my friend Craig, he's letting me, like, flip through the sketchbook. Uh, he has this piece, and, like, it's, like, a little, like, a little collage thing. It's, like, 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 what is a boy? What makes a boy? And I'm like, that's really powerful. And he, he showed it to me months ago, and I still think about it every day. So I'm like, yeah, what makes a boy? What is characteristic of a boy outside of the genitalia, right? Outside of, like, 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 this, like the scientific part of, like, you know, the chromosomes you have. Mm -hmm. But that's not what makes a boy. That's what makes someone with a penis. Mm -hmm. What makes you a boy? It's how it's in, in, and it's like, there's no answer. It's how you're it's raised, but why were you raised that way? Yeah. Why were they taught to raise you that way? Mm -hmm. You know? And also, like, what, like, also that, like, builds, like, how you perceive yourself. So, yeah. Like, how you decide, if you don't identify with the way you ra were raised, how you decide to, like, counteract that. Yeah. Because I found myself, like, swaying to, like, the other extreme, which, again, it's a spectrum, but, like, I found myself, like, being like, oh, I'm not a girl. I'm going to be as masculine as I possibly can mm -hmm. be to, like, fight against that. And yeah. now I'm, like, kind of, like, swinging into, like, not the middle. I don't, it's not a line. It's not a line. But, but it, I'm, like, I find myself, like, being, like, okay, but why did I find my, like, find the need to, like, make myself so masculine? And was it because it made me feel good? Or was it because I thought I had to? Yeah. To, like, feel like I was, I don't know. It's, yeah. like, something I'm still figuring out. Because I still see myself as, like, masculine for the most part, but... I feel like sometimes I blocked out my femininity. That's such a hard word. Femininity. <laughs> my femininity because I was I was like scared to be perceived in any way. Yeah. Because I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like this is a thing that happens with people who are like assigned female at birth. Uh, my friend Ryan went through this very similar thing where they were like they're like oh I'm gender and then they cut their hair went 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 like full boy, and kind of you know I met them and I like freshman year of high school. And over time, they've kind of found themselves, like, they're totally confident in their non-binary identity. But it's like, they like, still like, they like perform gender, you mm -hmm. know? They're, they're, like, they're, they're not a girl. They never will be. But like, they still perform gender in a way. And that's really interesting because if you can perform a gender mm -hmm. and not be it, what, what is it? <laughs> what is it? We're not getting any answers out of this. There are no like, answers in it. Like, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, how do you, how do you talk? Like, 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 what is, what is it? What is gender besides a list of things that someone decided mm -hmm. that you had to adhere to? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, like now especially, because it's, I'm not gonna say it's 
I will, I will say it's more widespread, like, people finding out about their identities now than it has and been And it's more publicized. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I believe that, like, there, no, like, I know that there were trans and non-binary people far For, in history. Yeah. And I don't really think entirely that there's, quote-unquote, more non-binary people now. It's just that people have the tools to figure out they yeah. are non-binary now. I think that's, yeah. There, it's not that there were, like, no gay people in 1960. I think there were tons of gay people in 1960, but they were, like, scared, and there was, like, no community for them mm-hmm. because everyone who was gay was shunned or, like, murdered, right? Yeah. But I feel like now we're living in a time where we're very lucky to have so many people because then we get to start asking the philosophical questions that really start to affect people, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this is, like, the new golden age of, like, like philosophy right now. Yeah. Of, like, well... We had all of these ideas from, like, the ancient Greeks to now about, like, gender identity and, like, gender and, like, what that means and, like, the purpose of a man. Now we've gotten to a point where we abandon that and we have to build something new because, well, not abandon it. There are still men. There are still women. But there's a whole new group of people that are anything and everything in between Mm -hmm. that we we have to figure out, like, kind of what that means and what that stands for. Yeah. You know? And then there's also the thing of, like, we kind of want to define it, but also, like, we go against, like, everything that's defined in society, so do we... Do we even define it? Yeah. Yeah. Do we, like, make our own definition and kind of, like, conform to the way society's organized, or, like, do we just continue just completely being alienated? Not necessarily alienated, but, like, we don't have a category, so it's, like, alienated, and is that, like, harming us more than it's helping like, do we have to conform to, like, the organize, mm. organizations of society, or do we continue to just, like, defy all of it, yeah. you know? And if we, like, get a category, <laughs> quote, unquote, like, I don't know, does that harm us more than it hurts us? Yeah. Do we, like, 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 I don't know, it's just, like, a weird balance to figure yeah. out. Uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a question. This mm-hmm. is uh, this is meant to be, like, harder, but also I, I really do uh, care about your answer. Like, how do, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the... Like, you know, people, like, the people generation below us and, like, the, like, the gender sexuality, like, discourse that they're having like, on, like, TikTok. Have you, have you seen that? Are you familiar with it? Uh, I don't use TikTok. Do you use TikTok? <laughs> like, literally, uh, I, like, go to post stuff, so I have no clue what they're up to. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's scary. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, just, it's, it's just, I don't know, you kind of get a boomer mentality. I feel like my, me especially... Because I kind of figured everything out. Luckily enough, I figured everything out very quickly. I was like, oh, this isn't right. This is almost right. And it was like, he, him, he, they, they, he. That's when kind did, of... When did that, hap- that shift happen? Oh, it all happened like within a year. Uh, uh, like 21 to 22. So like right during the pandemic. Right during... Like, or like right after. Right after. Yeah. It was right when I was getting to college. Yeah. You know, it was, I came out... As, like, he, they, whatever. There's, there's, like, a word for that. I don't know it. Something silly, like, demi-boy or something. Oh, really? Yeah, it's some, something goofy. Something that's, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, oh, it's, like, it's, like, a celebrity name. Demi-boy. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, came out as he, they, to my friends, like, summer before freshman year of college. Do that, right? I'm, like, still too much. And then this year, like, this September, so it's, uh, you know, July 21 through, like, September 22. Yeah. It's like he they, mm-hmm. September twenty two, foreseeable future they emphasis on that. Yeah, you can call me he if we're if we're tight. <laughs> that's 
That's interesting. So, like, why do you feel more comfortable to let people you know call you he than, like, people you don't know? They're more likely to understand my experience because they, you know, have, like, interacted with me, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, also, it's just kind of a thing for me to where it's, like, where I can kind of call myself down, like, oh, they're technically not wrong. I don't have to get upset about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, let's talk about an experience that we both had the other day with uh, this guy. You and I were talking about this project. Yeah. And he comes up, and he's just doing a whole thing. And he, he calls me by uh, my, my, my legal first name. And it's like, well, you met me as that name. So, sure. Mm-hmm. But so did everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else went by that name. So when he's like, like, uh, like oh, Dylan, uh, oh, this this guy. It's like it, it means yeah. something different because when I call myself by my first name, it's like, oh yeah, it's like a joke. Yeah. Or I'm or talking. You're like referring to yourself in the past. Yeah, I'm referring to myself yeah. when I get called that, like yeah. when I'm at home or in the past. Yeah. Or like if one of my friends does it, like uh, on my dorm door. They, we have like we have these stickers with like things on with our names on them. Mine was like Dylan, and then it grew from uh, Despicable Me. <laughs> I think that's fucking hilarious. So I'll we like put it up in our living room. My friend, my roommate, Maxim, he'll go. Huh, I just saw the Dylan minions. I'm like, yeah, that's hilarious. But when you're someone I don't know, you don't get that privilege to kind of speak to me so candidly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes perfect sense. Yeah. And th- that's, like, another interesting thing to navigate, too, because you're, like, exploring this, like, in college, right? So, yeah. So, like, you're shifting around other people, so then, like, you kind of have to, like, help shift other people to, like, where you're at in your journey, right? Yeah. It's, like, you have to, like, correct people and kind of, like, catch them up yeah. on, like, where you're at now. And that can be, like, exhausting, I'm it, sure. Like So many friends back home are just, like, you know, I'm, like... Oh yeah, my pronouns are they, and they like they'll see my Instagram change from uh, Yo Dill to Yo Zan, Yo Zando, and they're like, I got like I got like twelve texts when that happened. They're like, really? Do you want me to call you Alexander? I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go by. The- <laughs> I have like pronouns and shit now, <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're like, oh dope. Everyone, everyone's just like, oh dope. That's dope. Amazing. Thanks for letting me know. And I'm very lucky to have yeah. that. But, uh, you know, I know there are people who are less fortunate to have worse people in their lives. But, you know, gender, right? It's <laughs> fucked up. It is. It's, it's fucked wild. Up how, it's fucked up what they would be doing to us. Oh, that's really interesting because obviously I don't know what's happening on TikTok. But, like, how I figured out I was, like, non-binary gender fluid was because of Musical.ly. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was there, there was gender discourse on Musical.ly? Apparently. No way. I, uh, I, it's like in the shadows of my memory, but I, it was when I was like 13, and I was dealing with a bunch of bullshit when I was 13. Right, um, so I remember seeing a Musical.ly, and it was like something about somebody being gender fluid, and I was like, oh, that's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. And then so much was going on, so I just was like, heh. <laughs> Um, we're just gonna put this away, and then this is... I like finally reopened that door in quarantine. Obviously, yeah. as most of us like most went of... on some yeah. personal like journey. Yeah, so that's interesting. Like, I wonder if now, and I'm sure it is so that like now with social media and all of this discourse being so present, like more and more kids have the access to yeah. understanding it earlier and earlier. And, like, I wonder how that, like, shapes, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I wonder, like, I don't know, I feel like I see so often that, like, parents are like, 
oh, my kid thinks they're, like, non-binary, but they don't know. They're only 8 or 10, whatever, 14. Like, and I wonder if that's almost harder. I don't know. Like, well, here's how I kind of think of it, is that, like, yeah, you know, your 8-year-old may be, like, I'm non-binary. You should still respect that. Because the thing about gender... And it's 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 always changing. Yeah. There are some days and there are some times certain situations where I'm like I'm like I'm like he him right now. Yeah. You know? And there are other times where I'm like I'm they them right now. So it's like that's me as an adult kind of fully aware of how I'm feeling. Your eight year old as a kid may not be fully aware of how they're feeling, but you humor your kid when they're like, I want to draw dinosaurs. Humor your kid when they're like, I want to kind of explore this part of yeah. myself. You know, kind of figure it out in their own head on in their own time, mm-hmm. and you know, it's if it, you know, it's it's if it's, it's as simple as being like, I'm gonna call my kid they for like it's, it's a so little harmless. bit, and it's, then it's like, oh. you know, there's, I see more discourse about like sexuality. There, it's it, there's so much there's so much nuance in it. Yeah, that you, you know, people are like, oh, wait till they're 18, let them figure it out. But that's also harmful. Yeah, and it's like, well, you when you put an age gate. Like, Straight, like from fucking kindergarten. So why can't I yeah. know I'm gay when I'm like twelve? That's so real. <laughs> That's so real. We all, <laughs> we all would like had that one friend in kindergarten you would hang out with of the opposite sex, and it's like, oh, the, oh, the boy, your, your, your boyfriend. It's like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Not even a boy. <laughs> you don't know that yet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, like we didn't talk about so much I wanted to talk about, so I might have to have you on again. But We didn't we didn't talk about music at we all. We didn't talk about music at all. I say if you're in New York, check out this band Chronic. <laughs> I'm not in it. I like that band though. Chronic. Shout out Chronic. No yeah. I don't know, be safe, you know, care about yourself, care about other people. Fuck your Instagram. My Instagram. Your, when does your project come out? My like, project. So I have the final critique, like freaking in May. Yeah. So you have a while. I have a while. I'm working on it. Uh, but you can probably you can check out what I'm doing on yo underscore zando on Instagram. I post so much things and bits and memes and myself and my friends and also some photography as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Zando for coming on for this episode. It was so much fun. We definitely got carried away with gender talks, but that's so important. So I'm glad we did it. But we will be back with another episode with Zando because there's so much more I wanted to talk about. But thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what you think. Tell me on Instagram. Tell me on any of my socials. Make sure to check out my YouTube and my small business where I sell my art. I just released tote bags. You should get a tote bag. LiveTyArt.etsy.com. Thank you so much for being here. I am really happy with this episode and I'm really glad I can be more consistent with this podcast. Thanks for being here. I love y'all. Have a great day. Bye!